Welcome back to Grid Iron Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, DP Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuara. We suffered through a weather delay. We suffered through a bad football game last night, but the collective is 1-0 in consensus picks and is ready to sit down and make our first Super Contest card of the season. If you're new to this, welcome. If you're not new to this, welcome back. We, the four of us, are in the Las Vegas Super Contest. We are Gridiron Gamble. We are the collective. Each week, we rank every single game on the Super Contest card from top to bottom, individually, and each host of the podcast puts their favorite game on the card. We need a fifth game, of course, for the Super Contest rules. Each game, each week, you submit five games. And that fifth game comes from our collective machine. We take an aggregate of all of our picks, and the pick with the highest rating among all four hosts that was not nominated by one of the individuals makes the card and is the fifth and final pick. Hopefully, at the end of all this, we are sharing a giant check. We all chop up like 300 k each. Because the first place prize in this contest will be well over $1 million. There is one wrinkle. Each host does have a veto in their pocket. But like the NFL challenge rules, uh, there can be good, there can be positives and negatives to challenging. So, for example, if I challenge uh, or, or veto one of Mo's selections, I get to take his game out and put a game in. Now, if my team wins and the team that he would have had on there loses, I get to keep my challenge for the future. If both teams win or both teams lose, then I lose my challenge and I can never use it again. And in the ultimate scenario, in the case that I put in a loser for Mo's winner, which is probably likely, Mo gets a free snipe at any one of my picks. So that is the show. Again, welcome if you are new and welcome back to those that are not. Brett, we should have had the Eagles on the card last night. Rule of TNF, what is going on? We got to change that next year. Week one, we can use the TNF game. Yeah. Because who the hell knows what's going to happen this week, right? Yeah. So We so, were all in on the Eagles last night. So if you like a Thursday night game, you have to submit all five of your picks before that game starts, which in the middle of the season is treacherous because the Friday injury report is crucial because there can be last-minute changes that really affect the outcome of some of these games. But as Brett noted, week one, there's no real injury concerns. So I, I feel like we missed out a little bit of value there. Uh, DP Mo, you led the season off by giving some love to those Atlanta Falcons. Although, Mo, I think your, your Sark narrative might be there. You said the best-case scenario for this team is to start off one and two, play poorly on offense, get rid of Sark, and then rally. Mo, I think the plan might be coming to fruition. How bad did Sark look? That play calling was putrid. I mean, how many tight formations by the goal line? Like, come on. Spread them out. If you want to run, create some running lanes. But get out of these goal line formations. And yeah, you- he was acting like he was the coach of a, a dual threat QB, too. RPOs and... I don't know, all these screens and shit that don't take advantage of what Matt Ryan does best. Well, 
Donnie, does Matt Ryan do anything best? <laughs> no, he really doesn't. I mean, that guy is, he's just the new age Drew Bledsoe, I guess. So just a statue back there. Wow. And just can, you know, he has a decent arm and he can get it downfield. But I mean, I agree with Mo. I don't really know what a lot of these play calls were and these schemes were on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think that they, I mean, listen, Matt Ryan looked bad. Even the throws that he made were pretty bad, and his receivers were making pretty good catches. Um, but it's not like he was put in a good position to win by his coach and his offensive coordinator. So, um, I mean, hopefully he looks good going forward. Like Mo, I was on the Falcons, uh, to, you know, kind of heavily um, for a Super Bowl contender. But uh, we'll see how it goes. They need this to fire team, that coordinator. This team could start one and three and still make the playoffs. So oh. I think the value on like a Super Bowl future is after Week Four. Yeah, I was actually thinking that as well. That that, that slow start kind of thought that um mo had actually makes sense they have have a game against the saints coming up as well uh so that's a bit treacherous so there there could definitely still be value this is still a good team that defense was excellent last night the way Deion jones and devondre campbell can just cover anybody they can tackle anybody they are this is seahawks east the way they play defense and it's a really good team yeah the falcons are really good yeah totally totally this was just week one Totally. Okay, so this is how the podcast works. We start the first segment by looking at split games, games where there were two hosts on either side. Next, we look at Lone Wolves, where there was one host alone on an island, and we ask them to defend their pick. And then finally, we give our number one selections and create the Super Contest card. Split games. It is week one. And in week one, we really don't know anything. Thank you, Jim Mora. You really don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. And you never will. We've spent the entire preseason pouring over spreadsheets, looking at depth charts, watching preseason games, listening to beat reporters. But honestly, we're not going to know what the hell's going on until we start seeing some games. So I'm not surprised that there is a lot of division, especially with this game that made... Two cards, three cards actually. Two have the dog, two, excuse me, two have the favorite, and two have the dog. And I'm going to the man with the favorite that I cannot believe has this favorite. Monawara is laying six and a half points with the New England Patriots against the Houston Texans. Mo, a favorite on your card. What a weird way to start the season. Man, did you see my whole card? I've got all the favorites. Three favorites on Moe's card. It's weird. I mean, you know, like you said, week one, it's crazy. And I'm like, it's just, it's the craziest week by far because this is the week where if you, if you make some pick that ends up looking awful, you don't have anything to point to that you can really say. Like, this is why I made this pick. Like, if you make some awful pick in week 10, you've at least got some evidence, presumably backing you up for why you made that pick. You can't point to anything in week one. You you just have the potential to look so silly. So is that why you're just clicking Bill Belichick the God and putting him on your card? Well, that's one of the things, is I actually did think this line was off, and I, I had this at the top for... For some time, this was in heavy consideration for my top play. Um, I understand that there are legitimate concerns about this Patriots team. The wide receivers are 
I don't even know what they are. I don't even know if they're wide receivers. Um, but ultimately, this is the GOAT, Belichick. He, I just, compared to anyone else and any other team, I just believe that he can put anything together and salad. I don't care what the ingredients are and how much of it is just straight up chicken shit. He will find a way. I believe that. And I don't believe that the Texans are three points away from this team. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, the Texans are a team that I do expect to be worse at the end of the season than they are now. Um, the reason for that is because they're so thin. So... I don't think it's like the optimal time to be fading them. Yeah, that's that's going to be my point is that and I'll I'll go to Brett next because he also has the blinders on, but I just want to skip in here. I'm the one with the Texans on my card. And the reason being is give me another time this season where I'm going to be able to put JJ Watt, Whitney Merciless, Jadavian Clowney, Deshaun Watson on my card getting six and a half points. You know? That just seems like a ton of value to me. And I've historically thought that the Patriots have been overvalued. The public is wildly on New England's side. And the Patriots tend to start a little slow in September. We knew that they were a Super Bowl contender last year, and they got blasted by the Chiefs on that Thursday night opener, which is something that Super Bowl uh, uh, defenders rarely do. So I just think there's a ton of value in the number. The question marks on offense for the Patriots are enough to give me pause. And didn't we see Houston go in there last year? Deshaun Watson go in there last year and just march up and down the field against this defense? I know DP will support me there. So I just think there's a ton of points here. There's a lot of backdoor capabilities. Slow start. And again, those that quartet of players is healthy. Brett, you've got the, the, blind, backdoor, the blinders. The backdoor capabilities are what concern me most and, and why I, it didn't end up ultimately on my card because... Game flow does does concern me here, but man, I just I do believe in Belichick. I do believe that this team is more than three points better than the Texans. So I just I don't know, man. I think and and you know this is the public isn't that heavy on this. This is fifty fifty. Anytime yeah. the public doesn't believe in Belichick. I just feel like he wrecks. Bert, you got the blinders on. Tell tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, this to me, this is the Texans and Deshaun Watson being overvalued going into the season and the Patriots being slightly undervalued. I think the line should be seven at least. Belichick's now already seen Deshaun Watson once. Uh, he's going to put his players in position to win like he always does. Some smoke his defense. Some smoke his defense like a Philly blunt. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. You mentioned the Texans pass rush. I think the Patriots offensive line is more than capable of, of containing. And uh, the big thing here is Gronk. Gronk is going to have a field day in the middle of this field. So I I, I like this one quite a bit. I think the Patriots are going to roll. I'm also getting a half point of value. Minus six on Pinnacle right now. DP cap it off. You've got the Texans as well, but you did not have the cojones to put them on your card. Cap this one off for us. Yeah, I mean, I didn't put them on my car because it's fear of Belichick. Rich, I really like what you said um, when you were talking about when you're going to be able to get this defense 
um, you know, with Watt, with Clowney, with a lot of those guys uh, as six and a half point dogs. Also, when are you ever going to be able to take advantage of what I think is a very overvalued Patriots team right now? Um, I mean, I don't think they have anything at wide receiver. We've talked about that all leading up to to this week's show. Um, I just think they're old. Um, I mean, Brad, I think you just mentioned the offensive line. I mean, the offensive line this week now looks like even more of a question mark than it has all preseason with Trent Brown getting two days off because why? He can't hack it in practice. I don't really know what's happening there. It just seems a little questionable to me and much more questionable than I would ever want it to be if I'm going to be laying six and a half uh, with the Patriots. Deshaun Watson, obviously big question mark coming off the industry, but the Patriots notoriously don't do that well against mobile quarterbacks. It always seems to give them fits when they have to rely on a defense that has to use more communication mechanisms back there, and they just don't communicate well. Um, I just I don't think that this defense is going to be much improved, you know, as it ever has been. I think it's going to be much of the same as last year when we're just going to kind of see them all over the field, running all over the place, holes all open up, that sort of thing. DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a field day, if you ask me. I, I mean, listen, Brett said Gronk is, is the key. He obviously is. But when you don't have any wide receivers, why can't they just double and, I mean, even put more spies on him, stuff like that? It doesn't seem like this is the Patriots team of old. Rich, like you mentioned, they always start slow. I mean, I think this is – I want to say slam dunk. I am scared of Belichick, but, I mean, come on, guys. Let's just take advantage of the Patriots here and the fact that they get off to a slow start and they are very overhyped. If it's slam dunk, stop putting it in the middle of your – Damn card. Wouldn't wouldn't have mattered anyway. Uh, let's keep it on your card, though, DP. And you have a home dog in the vein of the collective. You have the Giants getting three points at home, hosting Blake Bortles and the Jaguars. I, too, had that on my card. But Brett and Moe have the Jags. They have them low, but they did select the Jags. But I'll give the floor to you, DP. Why do you like this home dog so much? Yeah, I mean, I've been pretty vocal about the Giants so far on most of our podcasts. Uh, you know, it pretty much goes without saying that the offense is going to be better, much better. I mean, first of all, they just can't be worse than they were last year. All their wide receivers are healthy this year. The offensive line, I think, is going to be better, which is going to be able to help Eli Manning out and that passing game. Um, I think that Saquon Barkley is, you know, he's just going to be pretty much plug and play and do very well, which should, um, you know, Give defenses a bit of a guessing game. Also really help that passing game. Now, on the other side of the ball, you can say, listen, it's the Jaguars. They have that defense. Listen, Jaguars defense, very, very good. I'm not going to uh, you know, try and not say that they aren't good at all. But I think they're going to come back down to earth, even just a little bit, just a little bit, uh, and not be as absolutely amazing as they were. Um, on the other side of the ball for Jacksonville, I think that their offense is going to come much back down to earth. I certainly don't think that much of Blake Bortles. Never really have. Yes, Leonard Fournette is great, but with an improved Giants defense, I think they're going to give them, uh, you know, much more fit. I think they really, you know, I'm, we were talking about in the chat the other day, Mo brought up, what do they really have on the lines of, you know, both sides of the ball on defense? I think that the Giants added a lot of parts. Um, you know, they picked up Ogletree. They're going to be moving Vernon to more of a linebacker role. And, then, uh, you know, I like this kid, Lorenzo Carter out of Georgia, too. I think they're going to be fine on defense. And, you know, with the new coaching staff, the new coordinators and all that sort of stuff, I think they're going to get their act together. And this is going to be a much closer game. I'm interested in betting the Giants here on the money bet line, as I like to call it. Money bet line for DP. I just don't understand why we're paying the tax for successes last year in Jacksonville. As DP noted, there's natural regression coming for this past defense just simply for the fact that it's really hard to be an excellent pass defense. I say it all the time. Hardest thing to do in football is defend the pass. 
and they're one injury away in the secondary or just natural regression away from not being as good. And when that's their only calling card, when you've got Blake Bortles on the other side of the ball and you're just a disaster on offense, things can fall apart really quickly. Uh, this game's 50-50. I thought the public would be more on Jacksonville, but I, I just, I'm never laying minus nine with the Jags at home here. I'm not paying the tax for last year's successes. Mo, I can't believe that you selected the Jaguars here. Again, you have them pretty low, but I can't believe you're laying points on the road here with Blake Bortles. Okay, so throughout the probably like eyeing this line, figuring I would be all over the Giants, but then I actually do my capping. I'm looking at these teams. I think this line's totally fair, um, and I actually think it might even be a hair low. There is an extremely key injury in this one. Um, we talked about how, I think in the, in, the, in the chat, we talked about how bad the Giants are, how I think they're really bad up front on both sides of the ball. And one of the reasons is they basically have no pass rush. They have one decent pass rusher, and it's Olivier Vernon. He did not practice on Thursday. Looks like he may sit out. It's 2018, guys. You can't win without a pass rush. They're not going to have one. I just don't like I don't like the way this defense looks at all and the Jags should pretty much eat up the Giants offense. I think man, their line is still really bad and uh this line is I'm not really seeing how anybody could honestly love the other side here. This line is fair. This line should be a pick. Like, this is a clown line. I, I, a pick? Yes. Like, You're fucking drunk. Like, what I mean, are we I had doing Jaguars here? minus one, so I lean much more towards Rich. Like, Jags minus six at home seems super fair. We don't know what these teams are. Like, the Jags might just be average. I, I don't understand this. Tell me, tell me why I'm drunk. Giants spent all their offseason fucking capital on a running back. Understood. Exactly. All, oh, listen, all the talk about the playmakers on this Giants offense, but every play starts up front, and the Giants are horrible up front. If they they got to be better than they were last year, or they're doomed. Especially in this matchup, by far the biggest matchup in the trenches of all the games on the slate this week, and it's Eli against this suffocating secondary. He's going to turn the ball over four times. Definitely in the run. He's not going to throw it enough to turn it over throw. He's going to have to because they're going to be in negative game flow. Well, nope. And even if they do get a negative game flow, like we are expecting the Jaguars to just be gangbusters on offense. This is still an awful quarterback with no weapons. Loss of Allen Robinson. Loss of Marquise Lee. Like, what, is Fournette just going to run for 300 yards? He like, might. Yeah, I, I just I just don't see it. I, and I, I just don't like – I don't know. We don't know if the Giants' offensive line is bad. We just don't. We patently – don't know. We don't know what these teams are. So, I mean, I'll say the left side of the line looks like it may probably be competent. Well, yeah, of Solder. course. I mean, they add, they spent all the money on Solder, but it's still, it's not, this does not scare me at it's all. It's still nothing it. to write home about, and the other guy is a rookie. Like, you guys are shocked on Sunday if you sit down to dinner and Sports Center is on and the Giants win outright. Like, you guys are blown away. You guys, like, stand up not, out of your No, chair. I think He's this line won. is fair. I'm not shocked. Then but you, you're saying this should be a pick. Then why isn't it number one on your card? Well, it's on my card. <laughs> it's number two. Okay. Uh, number two on my card. 
and uh, DP had it number three. My number one game, uh, super head-scratcher. But we'll, of course, get to that in a bit. Another split game, a team that we all love, a team that was showcased on hard knocks. The Cleveland Browns are three-and-a-half-point home dogs opening up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Burt Minotti did the damn thing. He did the thing that I didn't have the balls to do. I have the Steelers right outside my card, but Brett, you did it. You put the Steelers on your card. You did the right thing. I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. Tell me and tell the universe why, although we love our home dogs, the Steelers are the right side here. Yeah, I did the right thing because this line is wrong. This line should be six. I don't care if Le'Veon Bell is on the pitch. Like The Browns are better this year, yes, but why do we all of a sudden think they can be competitive in games? Even at home, I just don't see this. Uh, what I do like for the Browns here is that the weather is going to limit the big play potential for Antonio Brown and Juju downfield. So you're going to see more running the football and opportunity for Cleveland to keep this close. But I just see too much line movement, too much overreaction to the Le'Veon Bell news, plus the hype train rolling into Cleveland. This is still... Pittsburgh Steelers versus a Hugh Jackson Cleveland Browns team. So I'm happily laying the points on the road with a much better football team. Like we Bert, know what these two teams are. We, at least we know what the Steelers are. Like Brett said, this line opened at six, six and a half. Hard knocks hype. Le'Veon Bell distraction pushes it down to three and a half. It is back to four on Pinnacle. While I think six, six and a half is, is a little bit too high. Like, come on, guys. Like, no running back on planet Earth is worth three points. Uh, and it's just it's just baffling how incorrect the market has moved. Incorrectly, the market has moved on this one. Uh, looking across the board real quick, the highest on this is DP. DP, you've got the Browns as a home dog. Is this just an auto pick, autopilot, home dog, three and a half points? Mike Tomlin blows dicks on the road for you. Yeah, I mean, I, if yeah, my bottom five picks are kind of auto picking. I was just not confident in any of them. Uh, the Browns, you know, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I want to buy in, but I also feel like the Steelers can easily roll here. But then I'm also worried about the Steelers. So I was just, I kept going back and forth on this one. I really didn't know what to do. I ended up just settling on the home dog and just sticking it kind of towards the bottom of my card, jumbled with the other mess that's down there. Mo, if you've got the balls to lay three on the road with the Jags, I don't get why you're taking the three and a half with the Browns here. This one, you just got to ask yourself, how much difference does Le'Veon make? And while I think he does make some difference, um, I'm not sure how much difference he makes. I had this as a pretty fair line. I think the Steelers will be fine without him. That being said... There's enough talent on this Browns team to where plus four is honestly where which is where it's at right now is like honestly too much, I think. But that being said, you have to be so worried about this coaching staff. That is the biggest problem. Just here. about to say, coaching I mean, matters. You, Hugh and Greg oh. Williams. I love Todd Haley, but Hugh and Greg Williams are, are those are bonus points that I feel like we have to add. There is a major wild card in this game, and that's the the projected weather right now. Looks like uh, when I was looking at it last night, the schedule calls for 
or the forecast rather, rain and 19 mile per hour winds. I do feel that favors the Steelers. They have such a good offensive line. And um, I'm worried about this Browns O-line holding up against, uh, well, you know, the new Browns O-line without Joe Thomas, basically holding up against this Steelers defense up front, which is where they're actually pretty strong. Um, this one, I don't have that much confidence in. It's in my bottom tier. So uh, I would certainly not shout from the top of a mountain about how I believe the Browns are going to cover. One last split game that made an individual card, and that is Rams at Raiders. Again, Brett, I am on the same side as you. I'm taking the home dog, the Raiders plus four on the last game of the slate, the final Monday night game. But like the previous game, you had the nuts to put this on your card, and I did not. Again, thank you for your bravery, and tell me why you like the home dog here. Yeah, uh, this is the Jim Mora game of week one to me. Everyone thinks they've got these two teams figured out. The Rams are a Super Bowl contender on the rise. Some high-profile offseason pickups. Well-put-together roster. Great coach. The Raiders are a disaster, trading their best player a week before the season. they got a new coach. He's got critics lining up at his door. Turmoil in the Raiders organization. The truth is, we don't really know. I mean, this is all noise until we see these two teams on the field. But the noise is definitely affecting how people perceive these two teams. And the proof is in the number of tickets coming in on the Rams, nearly 75% uh, right now. Yet the line has not moved. It's still holding at Raiders plus four as a home dog. So what gives? I, I think I just think this is a great spot to capitalize on the unknowns and fire off some some game theory plays in the super contest that, that nobody else is going to be on and i see this as a great spot with a home dog great number a coach who's out to prove everybody wrong against a guy he used to mentor uh, i think the raiders are going to be ready they've got a a good offensive line that i think just struggled through some things last year very talented and I think they can manage this Rams front four. I, I love this spot for Oakland, and I think they're going to leave everybody scratching their heads on Monday night. There's definitely a lot of loom potential. Yes. This, <laughs> this is my loom special in week one. Every single parlay bet this weekend is going to have some tie with the Los Angeles Rams winning this game in Oakland. Everybody thinks this is an autoplay. This is going to be the road game that finds its way into a lot of people's survivor pools because this is just an auto win for the Rams. And like Brett, I'm getting some weird vibes from this one. I'm getting a lot of Dream Team. Remember the Eagles 2011 Dream Team? I'm getting a lot of Dream Team vibes from this Rams squad. Obviously, the additions of Peters, Sue, Tlaib. These are awesome players. And if there's anybody that can kind of corral them and make them play great, uh, everybody on this podcast uh, loves the coaching staff here, obviously at the top with McVay. And I'm stalling here because I'm just completely blanking on son of a bum Phillips. What's, what's the difference? Wade, Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips? Yeah, I'm just, I just had a senior moment there. 
because he is a senior. And if there's anybody that can corral them, it is, it is Wade. He's just unbelievable at scheming on that side of the ball. That said, there's just way too much love for the Rams for me right now. Uh, and I got to click the Raiders. But unfortunately, unlike Brett, I did not have the gestalt to put them on my card. Wait, so you said this one was split, huh? Yeah, you have Rams clicked, bruh. Do I? You did. I meant Raiders. That was a misclick. Well, it was your number two. So. Yeah, it was a dust pick for so me. It has no no, no changing on any of the math. Uh, so, DP, you are alone. You'll start the Lone Wolf segment for us. You are alone on the Rams, laying the four on the road. Tell us why. I mean... I also really don't know what these teams are, and so I'm just going to pick the better team, the team that I think has a coach that is very much in tune with today's NFL. I have honestly I have no idea what John Gruden's going to do. Um, I mean, he's been out of the league for so long. He's been up in the booth, and yeah, he says a lot of really cool catchphrases, but I have no idea if he can still be a head coach in this football league. I kind of like the the uh, move to get rid of Mac. I feel like that's a real Don move in terms of like, you know, listen, this is my team and I'm not going to let one player run the show. Um, but I don't know how that's going to resonate. I feel like a lot of what I've been seeing and, you know, hearing coming out of Raiders camp is that he just wants to run the ball a ton with Marshawn Lynch. And I, I just, I don't know, man. I just really don't know. So give me the better team, the better players, the better coach. I really like Wade Phillips in this spot. Rich, like you mentioned, if anyone's going to be able to corral all those, you know, big personalities uh, on defense that the the Rams now have, I think it's going to be Wade Phillips. So I'm going to side with them, the the better team in my eyes. But uh, if this one does come out, uh, Oakland winning, Oakland covering, whatever it is, you know, I'm not going to be too surprised. Yeah, I may have lost my bet, but I'm not going to be too surprised overall. I think Brett is going to end up being the smartest person on this podcast for that pick. I really like uh, that spot. Uh, Last two split games. Let's buzz through them real quick. Chargers, Chiefs. Uh, Mo, you are the highest on the Chiefs. Quickly, tell us why you like the Chefs in the spot. This one, the Joey Bosa question mark is obviously massive. Um, I don't know how the Chiefs how the hell they're going to cover Keenan Allen. Um, You need safety help. The Chiefs have no safeties unless somehow Eric Berry is just out there 100%. That being said, this is a huge coaching mismatch with a lot of extra time to prepare. It's Andy Reid, one of the best, one of the most underrated, um, all this time to prepare for something Anthony Lynn who just I don't see any logic and half the shit he was doing and he um was probably one of the reasons this roster which we loved and had so much talent last year underachieved and it's also a fact uh uh, factoring in the chargers poor home field advantage they just don't have the type of home field that scares me or makes me believe i should be adjusting the line um more than a small amount so uh give me the chiefs with the hook um I think, I think I only, yeah, I kept this only a little bit off, but I still think the number is pretty good. And Andy Reid, the coaching matchup is something that isn't as factored into the lines as the talent level of the teams. DP, you're the highest on the bolts. Tell us why you love your favorite city's second favorite team. 
I mean, listen, I'll give it to Mo. The Chargers do not have a really big home field advantage. That said, I am the probably the biggest person on this podcast, uh, maybe in the world, to be out on Patrick Mahomes. I have no idea what this kid is going to be. I'm just not going to believe that he's just going to step in and be a really good starter. I think this Chargers team is a much better team. Yeah, the uh, Joey Bosa question mark does raise uh, some concern, but I'm going to put myself out there and say that it's week one of the NFL season and he's going to play. So I'm confident in the Chargers here. Um, I'm going to tick them down a little bit due to this, uh, due to the home field thing and also the Joey Bosa injury. But overall, I think the Chargers are just a better all-around team uh, than the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs, you know, they're just kind of regular. I mean, they're good, but they're just regular to me. The lowest split game, nobody had it higher than a 5, 5 out of 15 was slurs at Cardinals. Nobody really had any conviction here, so we're just going to skip that and head over to the Lone Wolves. Each host has at least one Lone Wolf. Thanks to that uh, fix by Mo there, we know DP has two Lone Wolves. Mo also has two Lone Wolves, including one on his card, Mo, you are laying the seven and a half at home with the Baltimore Ravens. Are you anticipating five interceptions from our good friend Peter Fuck in the first half again? What are you guys doing? No, no, no. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Mo. No. <laughs> Brett and DP have bills on the card, and I had bills near my card and just kept sliding them down. Good job, Brett. Way to go. Mo, what's going on here, buddy? Guys, look at this Bills offense. Just stop whatever you're doing. Go look at this Bills offense. And they're playing a very solid Baltimore Ravens D. While I'm talking, please go look at this Bills offense. They are horrifying. They aren't going to be able to do anything. Bad QB on the road in a really tough place to play against a solid defense. This has whitewash written all over it. 15 mile per hour wins. This is another, in addition to that other, um, this is the other game that has a really significant wind. Um, and I feel that massively benefits the Ravens. Anything to keep them running the ball and keep them from handing the ball or yeah, yeah, putting the ball in Joe Flacco's hands. We want them to run the ball with Alex Collins in this very solid offensive line. Uh, I think the weather helps them. I think this Bills offense is going to be so horrifying, so much worse than people realize. What are you guys doing? This is a whitewash. This should be a. This line should be ten. Ten. DP. Ten. TP are the highest on the Bills, but Brett is our. Resident Bills fan. The Bills make me wanna Bert, talk some sense into this kid. This is a Joe Flacco-led team laying seven and a half points with a total of 40. Every analyst on the planet is shitting all over the Bills. Everyone is buying in all the way. And yeah, this team is going to be a bottom-of-the-road team, no doubt. But look, this unit is coming off a playoff berth. They got a taste of success. And... This is just not a Baltimore offense that I can lay this many points with when the total is 40. 
I'm expecting a monster game from Alex Collins here, but the Ravens just aren't built to run up the score. I can't click on this team when they're more than a touchdown favorite, especially in week one. No way. Excellently put. DP, anything to add? I mean, listen, Mo can give me the whole the crap that everyone else is spitting about the Bills just not being able to do anything. But this is, like Brett said, the freaking Ravens. I mean, I, I have no idea what the Ravens are going to be. I have no idea who Joe Flacco is going to be. And they're laying seven and a half. I mean, it just, that seems insane to me. This Bills offense is going to be historic. You cool. Guys. The game is going to be kind of not in a good way. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It's, it's not LaShawn McCoy. Everybody, I mean, the guy I, can... everybody said the exact same thing about the Jets last year, that the Jets would be the worst team in history. They have the worst roster in history. They should have won six games last year. So I wasn't saying it. I believed in the Jets because I looked at that roster and I didn't think they were that horrible. I'm looking at this Bills offense. I actually like the Bills defense, but well, there you go. If you like the Bills defense and there's torrential rain, like, why are the Ravens pulling away here? You're banking on some sort of defensive touchdown. Okay. Yeah, that's what you're banking there on. There will be turnovers. You, you, But you need it. Like, that has to happen in order for you to have a, a successful outcome, you know? It's going to happen. <laughs> Mo, Mo banking on the most random thing in football. I uh, love it. Mo, your other lone wolf selection was a little bit further down on your card and another favorite. So many favorites on Mo's card. You're laying the three. With the Indianapolis Colts hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. No surprise here. You love the Colts to win the division. Surprise some folks. You love Andrew Luck. So tell us why you... Well, I guess you don't really need to tell us why. Expand upon why you took the Colts in the spot. I've got to get down on the Colts while the market is clueless that this team is going to be competitive this year. This is a great spot for the Colts. This honestly would have been my pick if it was... If if we gotten two and a half, why couldn't we get two and a half? Come on, Westgate. Give us the two and a half. And this was my pick. Quick question. I, what positions other than quarterback are the Colts better at than Cincinnati? O-line. It's not even close. They have a far better offensive line. They have um they have so many question marks on offense. You, like why can we just assign a good grade to this to a rookie, you know? So many Offensive questions. Line and coaching. I think people are going to, I mean, in, in a month, people are going to look back on these early Colts lines once Reich's got them marching up and down the field with a 2018 offense. And it's just not even going to make sense when you look back. I still think this defense is pretty bad, but I think the Colts match up okay with the Bengals overall. Um, the Bengals... On defense, their weakness is in the secondary, and their strength is up front. But the new look Colts offensive line looks like it could be fine. And what do you, what do you mean in the secondary, guys? And then Andrew Luck is going to do his thing. I think this line should be three and a half. What are we and talking about? I'm be all <laughs> Did you over just the call Colts, the Bengals secondary? We Did you just call the, the Bengals? Ha- Bengals have one of the best corners in the NFL. Yeah, what are you talking about? William Jackson is a lockdown. Darquez Denard is a great slot corner. Drake Kirkpatrick does what he needs to do on the outside. The Colts are going to have a real trouble moving the ball on Sunday. I agree that I think the Colts are generally undervalued. I think Luck is going to come back and be fine. But, uh, I again, I think the Colts have one advantage on Sunday, and that's at quarterback. I'm really excited to see this Bengals offense under Bill Lazor. 
They were last in the NFL in plays run last year. They were absolutely atrocious. They were hit with a ton of injuries. We finally get John Ross back. We know what A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert can do. Same same argument that I had with the Texans earlier. I get to bet on Tyler Eifert, one of the best red zone threats in the world, when he's healthy. So I absolutely love the Bengals in this spot. Uh, and again, I, I think they have every positional advantage over Indianapolis except for quarterback. Brett, follow me up. Yeah, I think people are sleeping on the Bengals this year. Uh, this this could be a playoff team. I'm with you. There's there's a lot to like all over this roster. Uh, the coaching is obviously a concern. I also can't click on Andrew Luck in Week One after so many t- or so much time that he's missed. Uh, I, I love this spot for the Bengals. DP, you nearly put the Bengals on your card, and you hate the Bengals. What's going on here? I, I do really hate the Bengals. I mean. I, I really like the Bengals here, though. I mean, I, I like a lot of the, you know, the upper portion of my card. The Bengals is one of those teams. I think Mo is, you know, a bit sleep deprived over there, and that might be weighing into his his uh, mentality here. Because listen, like Brett said, I'm I'm just not ready on Andrew Luck yet. I need to see what he's going to look like on an actual football team against real NFL players, you know, in a regular season game. And I don't really understand why Mo is just ready to anoint Frank Reich, you know, the next Bill Belichick over there. I mean, the guy's a first year head coach. I don't like what, I mean, I get it. He should be better than Marvin Lewis. Yes. But what, why is he just going to be all of a sudden be amazing? And you're bemoaning also, Mo, you're bemoaning the fact that it's not two and a half while not realizing that it moved off of a key number of three to two and a half. Like that's a strong move by the market. Of course I realize that. That's why I had to, Drop it by far. I thought this was going to be my play at first, man. Love the Colts. But what do you mean, why do I like Frank Reich? He just coordinated in 2018 what an offense should look like. DP, we'll go to your Lone Wolves next. You've got two low on your card, so we'll bust through them real quick. Uh, We talked about the Rams already, so that's out of the way. But you're also laying the absolute wood with the Saints minus nine and a half. Uh, classic DP lining up with the squares. Tell us why, kid. I mean, this is another one. It's in that bottom group that I just was, it was kind of a jumbled mess for me. And ultimately I'm picking the better team here. Um, I think the saints are really, really good. They're one of my top picks to win it all this year. The bucks, not so much. I mean, I think there's a really, really good chance that the bucks just get absolutely run out of the building, uh, down in new Orleans here in week one. Uh, Fitzpatrick is a fine backup in place of Jameis Winston, but I think we're going to get a bit of the powder keg here. Um, you know, coming out of new Orleans. I just, I I just don't see it. I I really like the saints. I, I know it's a lot of points. That's why it's way down, down on my card, but yeah, I am eating the wood. This is rule of there's no difference between Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston. This line opened at seven. It's moved two and a half points, even though there's literally no difference between Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Moe's got this as his last pick. Brett's got this as the bottom. I have this almost bubbling my card. I really wanted to to put it on there, but there were just some other games that I liked. It's just way too many points. Like The change there is not worth two and a half points. The NFC South division games are always really tight. The Bucs are, are a classic post-type sleeper where everybody loved them. They were a darling last year. They were on hard knocks, and then they were awful. So the market is totally off of them. I think they're going to be more average than people think. And for Mo, taking away from Mo's argument with the Colts, I think we're going to look back on this line and some of the early lines for the Bucs and, uh, and think that we are losing out on some value there. 
Brett, you've got one lone wolf, and it bubbled your card. You've got a road favorite. You are fading the Miami Dolphins. Miami is the Dolphins, the greatest football team. And laying the one and a half with the Tennessee Titans, you're buying in on that new look offense. Hey, kiddo? Yeah, this Titans team looks pretty good, guys. The offensive line is elite. You got a thunder and lightning style backfield that will finally play to some strengths. Good riddance, DeMarco. Uh, Mariota has a fun new toy in Corey Davis, who's going to finally get some playing time. I think he's going to have a breakout year. And on, on the defensive side, a secondary that has really improved uh, was a huge... I mean, just, the secondary has killed them over the years, and they're finally... Uh, improve there, not getting the recognition it deserves. And what does Miami do well? Anywhere on the field, there are mismatches galore in this game. These are just two very different teams to me. I think the Titans could run away with this one. I really wanted it in my top five, but uh, Mariota on the road is a little terrifying. So uh, I, I think I had this one right outside my top five. Yes, bubbled. Yes. I mean, we don't like Stills, Drake, Amendola as a as a group of weapons. I'm also from come, Albert Wilson. Like we don't come like on. these guys. Like why can't they move the ball against the Titans? I don't know. I'm not They're okay. I'm not laying seven and a half at home with Tennessee in week one against the Dolphins. I, I just don't know what these teams are. Like Mariota, the last time we saw him, he's bad. Like Mariota Mariota is Mariota. He's not very good. Well, first of all, Miami's not that you can't give Miami three points at home. No, uh, but I think it should be closer to to a field goal. I, 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 why and why can't it be? Why can't it just hang the three and just let it be? You know, we again rule of Jim Moore. We don't know what these teams are. Mo, you like me, you had this high, but you couldn't get it on your card. Will you be pet, uh, betting real money on the fish this weekend? I think it's very possible. Um... There is a reverse line move here on the fish. Um, public is piling Titans. Line is dropping. Uh, so I don't know. Brett is on this fish play. I don't understand it. But when I look at these two teams, I'm not as impressed by the Titans as Brett is. And I I don't hate the way the Dolphins match up here because the way the Titans want to play offense is by running. But the way you come after this Dolphins team is you just got to throw all over them. Man, this secondary was one of the worst last year. Um, So I think it plays into their Dolphins' advantage the way the Titans are going to want to come out and attack them. And I think maybe just dropping back and winging the ball a little more but would, would be the play, but I don't see that happening here. Well, and that's what Gase wants to do, right? Like, I feel like last year was a total throwaway year for Gase because he never planned, even though he kind of lobbied for him, he never planned to have a season with Jay Cutler under center in Miami. Ryan Tannehill fits what he's trying to do. And I don't think this Dolphins offense is going to be as terrible as people think. Uh, again, I, I kind of like the skill position players. And I kind of like what I've seen from Gase. I don't know. This se- This seems like it should just be a field goal, let it be, and then we'll figure out what these teams are later. DP was the lowest on this game, so we'll move on to my lone wolf pick, which I just selected, threw it at the bottom. I have no idea what to do with this game. I took uh, the Cowboys plus three. Uh, again, 
moving off of a key number. It's two and a half on Pinnacle, so I'm taking the extra half point of value on a very key number. But again, I didn't put it very high. I stuck it at the bottom. On the other side, two members of the collective have this on their card. How? How can you have any conviction on this game, guys? <laughs> DP, lead us off. Why are you so confident on laying three points with the Panthers here? I'm just so confident that the Cowboys are dust. I don't think that they're going to be good at all. I don't trust really anything that they have on either side of the ball. Dak, to me, is not a good quarterback. I mean, yeah, they can just hand the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott a ton of times, but I think that's pretty easy to to game plan against. And their wide receiver core is, I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I mean, if there's a wide receiver core that's worse than the Patriots wide receiver core, it's this one. I mean, it might be, um, it might be the, the receiver core on the other side. I mean, we're talking about something Funchess and something Samuel and something more. Something Funchess is a superstar compared to the Cowboys. Yeah, I think something Funchess is good. Something Funchess is Alan Hearns with a different haircut. They're literally the same Greg Olson is back. Christian McCaffrey is really effing good. And Cam Newton is awesome. I don't really know what else I need here. Wow. Someone else on this podcast said Cam Newton's awesome. I feel like I'm in a fucking bizarro world here. I generally hate on cam newton all the time but he is really effing good okay mo you nearly put this on your card so you must be livid right now nearly put number this one on my card. This number one on i mean card. i mean number one sorry i misspoke there number one the panthers are better than the cowboys why are they not minus four here i don't agree with anything the market is doing with this game i don't agree with anything the market is posting about the cowboys this team is trash um, the way the Panthers match up is fantastic. This is another team that is probably going to be a lot better early in the year before Luke Keekly dies. And just look at the way this team matches up, man. The Cowboys, the only thing they can do on offense is run the ball. Well, the Panthers front seven is great, especially when Keekly's healthy. You have to attack these guys through the air. The Cowboys can't do that. Dak, horrifying. He's going to get wrecked. I don't agree with this line at all. I think the Panthers need to be north of minus three. And it's two and a half on Pinnacle right now. Yeah, like the market is, t- and there's so much action on Carolina, yet they're still not moving the line. Like the, the I, I understand what you're saying, but we have to kind of respect the market a little bit here. And I do. And that's why. That's why you have it as your number two pick. <laughs> couldn't put it as my number one pick. But where, I mean, I don't know. Why is this one even three in the contest? I don't know. Jake Hornigay just pressed some buttons over there at the Westgate. Or boy. This, this it, line, this two and a half line is crazy. It is two and a half minus 115. So we can definitely see three by game time. And that's one of the things that the Westgate, I'm assuming, tries to do. Is try to replicate what they predict the closing lines will be. But yeah, I, I agree with you that this line is confusing. And that's one of the reasons why I just kind of picked it and stuck it at the bottom because I had no conviction. I couldn't really strongly pick a side here. So those are the Lone Wolves. I've got the Cowboys really low. Brett's got the Titans really high. DP's got the Rams and Saints pretty low. And Mo has the Ravens and Colts. Who's ready to make a Super Contest card, guys? (laughs) I'm so amped. Brett led us last year in the top five picks, so he has the floor. 
he will put the first team on our 2018 Super Contest card. Bert Minotti, give us the home dog at the top of your card. Yeah, I think I've said everything I need to say about this game. It is my Jim Mora play. It is a home dog. It is the Monday Night Hammer. It is the Oakland Raiders plus four. <laughs> this is going to make it. We're so queasy. Nobody's <laughs> going to have this on the card. Oh my God! What just a... us? We're gonna be on an Week island, guys. Week one. Let's start. How mad are is is QB win Twitter going to be when they see our card? How mad is Mickey Doft right now after listening to what Brett just said? Man, uh, anything? DP, DP, you're on the other side here. How you feeling, kiddo? I mean, highly questionable pick. Listen. I got trust in Brett. I, I I pretty much got Brett Carlson blinders on, but I mean, highly questionable for week one. We're, we we got to just book wins, and he's just over here trying to do everything opposite of everyone else. This I'm, is a win, and we're doing everything opposite. Little bit worried. This game this game sticks out to me. I love this. All right, so Raiders plus four on the card, pending any veto action. Mo, you are up next. You are taking. The other Monday night game, you're taking the six and a half with my beloved J-E-T-S. Talk about it, Mo. Okay, I believe we're getting at least a point of value in this spot. Um, Now the Jets, they're the Jets. We know they're probably going to be bad. Um thing is, their biggest weakness that I see when I look at this roster is probably the offensive line. Um, Luckily for the Jets, I don't see the Lions really exploiting that too heavily. This team doesn't really have a pass rush. They don't really have any sort of D. When I look at this Lions roster, man, I hate it. I hate this Lions team, and I really hate this defense. This defense looks horrifying to me. I don't see one good player outside of Slay, to be honest. I just don't. I think they're, they could be so bad, like bottom five in the league bad. I don't understand, honestly, the last couple of years, how the Lions have been as competitive as they have. I feel like it's been some voodoo magic, house of cards ready to collapse. And the one player um, on offense that I really like with this team is Stafford. I mean, I've always been impressed with Stafford. I think he's really good, and I think he puts up big numbers when he has basically the other teams are completely game-planning around him because they have just no running game. But the Jets do have a strong secondary. I'm hoping it can make up somewhat for their lack of their own lack of a pass rush and hopefully slow down the Lions enough to keep this one close. I don't think the Lions are like really significantly better than the Jets. So I don't I think this line should be like five, four and a half. I I'm gonna take the Jets. I'm gonna take the dog and I'm gonna believe that Darnold can come out and play a competent QB. Jets are a consensus pick. They were also on my card. They were also on Brett's card. DP as a consensus pick, you did select them, but you have them more towards the middle of the pack. Any trepidations on having 
the youngest starting quarterback on opening day under the lights on Monday Night Football on our card. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my trepidation right there is just uh, as much as I want to really believe in, in Darnold and, you know, this Jets team as a whole going forward, especially this season, um, I just I worry that they could just, you know, crawl into a shell and, and not perform to what I think they're going to be capable of. So I'm a little bit timid, uh, but winning. overall, really have, good pick. Happy have, to have it on the card. You have them winning the division. This has to be a slam dunk cover. OK, hold on. I have them. I'm betting them to win the division. That There's difference. I don't know, man. It sounded like a mortal lock the way you put it. <laughs> okay, and there was one other thing I forgot to say. Speaking of the division the and where locks. their coach came from, the Lions coach. Rich, you're the leader of the Matt Patricia. Rule of Belichick coaching tree. All frauds. And yeah, I don't believe in this guy. So all that's frauds. another thing. My man has a pencil behind his ear and a laminated play sheet. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Total fraud. Matt Patricia. Uh, I said it before. I'll say it again. We're going to know a lot about the Jets when this game hits triple zeros on Monday. I feel like they were holding a lot back, but at the same time, that could just be the way that they manage Sam this season. Uh, Are they going to let him get back there and rip it, or are they going to have a more conservative, compressed offense? We shall see. But I love the six and a half. Love this guy on the card. Like Mon- Monday's going to be fun, guys. Monday is going to be a nice little sweat for the collective. Like Bert, my game has already been discussed, and I know that Mo will be in disgust when I announce that we got the Cincinnati Bengals plus three at Indianapolis. They're just better at everything on a football field except for quarterback, and I love this pick. I love that we're getting the, the three when the market has it at two and a half off of a key number. I love this Dalton-led offense with Bill Lazor on the turf. There's no answer for A.J. Green. There's no answer for Tyler Eifert. Joe Mixon is going to go wild. Get all of these guys in your DraftKings lineups. The Bengals are going to run away with this one. It's going to be a slaughter in Indianapolis on Sunday. Sorry, Mo. Better at everything except the spot that matters the most. No, it doesn't. Quarterback, how many times do we have to laugh and yell at QB wins. Quarterback has never been easier to play in the NFL. We just saw Nick Foles win the goddamn Super Bowl MVP and lead the Eagles throughout the playoffs to win a title. The position is not as important as people think. Just isn't. Facts only. Sorry that this is on the card, Mo. Don't apologize. This is a great pick. <laughs> Luck is the man. Luck is great a Great pick. Luck, Luck is, is the man two years ago. Mark right now. Yeah. I, I want to see Luck complete a 40-yard pass. Please. Begging for it. DP finished last last year and brings up the rear with a consensus pick. Give us the home favorite that is making the card, DP. The Denver Broncos minus three. This, to me, is one of the worst lines, if not the worst line, of the Super Contest this week. Uh, let's hope this isn't just one of those instances when you're expecting something to happen, and it seems like it is a slam dunk, as slam dunks can be, but then the opposite just happens because it's week one of the NFL season. I mean, listen, here's what we know. We know that the Seahawks aren't the same team on the road as they are at home. We know that the Seahawks aren't the team that they have been in the past, and now they got to go to Mile High, which is a very, very, very tough place to play. Um, you know, even if you don't think too highly of the Denver team as we have in like more recent years, Mile High is still really, really hard to play at. 
Uh, we know that the Broncos, they upgraded at the quarterback position. Uh, that I think Case Keenum is going to pair pretty well with uh, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Demarius Thomas and then uh, Sutton over there, the rookie who seems to be, you know, just ready to be a star in this league. Uh, and then we know that uh, Seattle just has a ton of question marks all over the field. We talked a lot about it uh, in these uh, fantasy preview podcasts. Uh, I know, Mo, you brought it up a lot. We just really don't know what Seattle's going to be able to have. Doug Baldwin, the whole thing about him being held out because of his injury, is he going to be good to go for sure? I mean, he says he is, but who really knows? Do we even know what that offensive line is going to be? What is that running uh, running game going to be? And then what the heck do they have on defense anymore? Who knows? I think that this is a slam dunk for the Broncos here. Let's go. Obviously, the biggest fear here is what something that Mo said that stuck with me during the preseason, and that is the Pete Carroll's really good, guys. Like Richard Sherman, fifth-round pick. Cam Chancellor, fifth-round pick. Michael Bennett was drafted by the Bucs and kind of kicked around the league and then just kind of found his way to the Seahawks. And Pete Carroll shaped these players into elite members of that Legion of Boom. So that is the biggest fear. That being said, we do all love the Broncos in this spot. Feels like it should be more than minus three. I'm actually the lowest, and I feel like I'm the highest on the Broncos. So I feel like I'm maybe personally hedging here. But Mo, that's the fear, right? The, the fear is that Pete Carroll is going to take this hodgepodge of guys on defense and mold them into what is could be a, a competent force. 100%. If you look at these two rosters, the Broncos just have a better roster. This isn't even debatable, I feel. This line should be minus four and a half. This opener, where it opened at minus one and a half, man, that was a lovely line. If you could have... If you got anything down on the Broncos there, man, you got heaps of value. Um, I feel like maybe you got a field goal worth of value. Seattle, horrific O-line. The D looks, honestly, the D could be bad this year. It could be actually bad. The secondary stinks. Um, they even have an O-line starter, questionable. Doug Baldwin, who knows if he's 100%. I, I like this play. It worries me that... We're fading Pete Carroll, and he's getting points here. But fading him so hard. Just the roster, the roster, the Broncos have the better team. So the cards so far: Brett put the Raiders plus four at home. Mo put the Jets plus six and a half on the road. Both of those Monday night games. I put another dog: Bengals plus three on the road against Indianapolis, and DP just put on. The Broncos minus three at home against the Seahawks. And now it is time for the collective pick. The pick that all of us graded highly, but none of us put on the card ourselves. Let's see if the machine still works. Hold up. I might have to dust her off real quick. Let's fire This up. machine was a piece of shit last year. It better be working this year. Great introduction. Well done, Mo. <laughs> The collective chooses the Chicago Bears. This is a consensus pick. It is in three of our cards, except for Brett. Brett has this. As his, well, that, that's exactly how we all feel when you put the Raiders on there, kiddo. <laughs> What's your interpretation here? Uh, Rogers at home? And everybody loves the Bears now with Khalil Mack. He's been there a week. I, I didn't want to touch this game. I didn't know what the hell to do with this line. The line didn't move, though. 
with uh, Khalil Mack. If anything, I saw in some places where it actually went up to to seven and a half from seven. So I don't know how much that's that's impacted that. And we love this Bears defense. They were top five, I believe the number was, in sack percentage last year. And now they're adding Khalil Mack. I mean, even if he just gets some spot plays where it's like, hey, Khalil, you're going to just get on the end and rush the quarterback. I mean, that's an addition. Uh, the Bears offense, I'm not going to buy into the narrative fully yet. This Matt Nagy is going to set the world on fire with all these new receivers and Mitchell Trubisky taking the step. But how many times do we have to see the Packers get backdoored because Mike McCarthy is an idiot to not take advantage of it? And this is the spot. This is it. Mo, I know you love this pick. The machine is working correctly. Absolutely. This is the play. Man, Rich, you want to talk about what you said earlier about having advantages? I mean, I feel that's almost the case here. I mean, if you just look at the talent up and down these rosters, it's pretty close. Well, it's really close. Receiver is way better. <laughs> on the back. Where? What do you mean, where? Allen Robinson coming off a torn ACL. Anthony mm. Miller has never played football before. Like, come on. Yeah, I don't like the Bears receivers, but I'm I don't I don't like the Packers either. Oh, come on. Um, Devontae's Devontae's pretty fucking good, man. Yeah, he's fine, but everyone else is just like whatever. Uh I just up and down the rosters, the overall talent level of these teams are close. Difference, obviously, is one has Aaron Rodgers and and we got a strong home field here for the Packers. But I still feel this line is too big. I think it's a couple points too high. And Pack should be more like minus five and a half, minus six. Um, the Bears have a better defense for sure than the Packers by a decent amount. Um, it's just a question of a bad QB on the road. That's what gives me pause here. That's the only thing that gives me pause. If we had some kind of a veteran, I don't know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Case. Need, need case. Yeah, we need just a veteran QB that we know won't melt here. But I'll roll the dice with the seven and a half. I mean, it's just such a good number. DP, you're fading the goat. Okay, that not fading the goat. Fading <laughs> Rodgers. But yeah, I mean, this is one of the games. I, I Honestly, I had this pegged uh, before the Khalil Mack trade. Um, I I thought that, uh, or I was hoping at least that this line would come in pretty high. Uh, like Mo, I think it should be down closer to five, five and a half. Um, but seven and a half is just too good to pass up. Mo, I I think I would I would you know pull it back a little bit on the bad quarterback talk with Mitch Trubisky. Um, I he think was, that he bad he's not exactly. He was listen, bad. huh? He was the last time we saw this guy throw a football in professional football. He's bad. He's bad. I think he made bad decisions, but I think a lot of that was just because he's a rookie and he's going to be improving versus someone who's just an actual bad quarterback. What has he ever done in his life at quarterback that has shown that he could be a good All right, fine. I'm just higher on him than you guys are. I think that he's going to be all right this year. I mean, that's, that's, be... that's the thing for me is Trubisky. I can't. I do not believe in this kid. Well, too bad because you are. Yeah, you got to believe. You got to believe. Well, I believe in the defense. You so. made us believe in John freaking Gruden. <laughs> now we're you're going to have to believe in Mitchell Trubisky. How much primetime alum is on our side with these oh three <laughs> We have three primetime dogs. I'm so happy. To recap, 
Raiders plus four and Jets plus six and a half on Monday night football. Sunday night football, we also have the Bears plus six and a half. And then earlier on Sunday, we have the Bengals plus three and the Seahawks, uh, the Broncos, excuse me, minus three. That is the card. That is week one. Four and one. I'm not going to be greedy. Four and one, one time. Just this one time. I would be I'm, thrilled. I'm going to be fucking greedy. Five and oh, let's go. <laughs> I'd be thrilled with four and one. Follow these guys on Twitter at Brett Colson, C O L S O N, at Donnie underscore Peters, and at Mo Nuwara, N U W W A R A H. Please, if you are listening to this on an episodic style, like on SoundCloud, subscribe, rate, review. It really helps us out. We've got some big news coming that DP teased. Hopefully, we can get to that to you next week. But until then, Boys and girls, enjoy the football this weekend and our salty tweets that are likely to come. Until next week, peace. Out.